the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The estate planning team is an Ohio registered investment advisor. The following is for informational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any securities or financial products. Be sure to consult with a qualified financial advice and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. You have financial goals and dreams. We can help you achieve them. Welcome to Financial Food for Thought, the show that answers all the questions on how to maximize your lifestyle and preserve your wealth. Good morning, everyone. You're listening to Financial Food for Thought. We're here every Saturday morning on 1420 AM between 9 and 10. We're a financial educational radio talk program here to give you helpful information about issues that impact your financial life, whether you're lucky and already in retirement and hopefully enjoying your retirement years, or someone who's thinking about um, or getting closer to their retirement and knowing what you can't afford to spend, how to address issues like rising healthcare costs, inflation, market volatility, and other financial disruptors that can derail your plan and maybe give um, not give you a lot of peace of mind, knowing that maybe you have some worries about how these financial disruptors may affect you and the and the discretionary spending, and understanding also the new tax laws and, and how to create that ta- income that you need for cash flow purposes as tax efficiently as possible, and as always using the opportunities and avoiding the traps in the complicated tax code. We are sponsored by the Estate Planning Team. Team, and the estate planning team is an Ohio registered fiduciary fee-based planning firm that's been helping people in the greater Cleveland area for more than 30 years through unbiased objective analysis. We are known for comprehensive, customized, coordinated financial plans and offer. And we're a fee-based planning firm and we have both retainer fees and hourly planning options for people who want a little bit of help and a lot of help. And we often get the call or question about as far as net worth, um, who we work with. And it's more about what issues exist in your case, the type of assets you have and what you're trying to accomplish. And we have net worth, um, varying sizes. We have smaller net worth and very large estates that we work with. And it just the issues are different. Um, But it seems universal that knowing if you have enough, are you going to run out of money? And that's whether you have a couple hundred thousand or whether you have millions. Right. Yeah. Actually, Carrie, you know, it's it's funny. Sometimes the the larger estate you have, the more you have the opportunity to make a mistake in retirement Mm -hmm. versus sometimes the smaller state you have, you can't afford to make a mistake. That's why, you know, it's not the size of your estate that so much Mm -hmm. matters as Mm -hmm. much as, you know, you you don't want to make a mistake, you know, in your retirement and because you don't always get do-overs in retirement. Right. And, um, so I just want to let you know, planning can be beneficial to estates of any size. And that's why we offer the free consultation at the estate planning team. We're accredited and A-rated members of the Better Business Bureau and also A-rated and have won the Super Service Award multiple years on Angie's list for people who want to um, get some. We have some reviews of clients and actually reviews of people who come in for consultations 
that we've recommended not need our services. Um, also on Angie's list. And we offer the free consultation really to sit down and show you our process and find out and you can find out if it's appropriate for you, what your issues are. Um, it's about individual questions and concerns without pressure. What we really try to look for is we've helped people who have an immediate issue. Maybe they have some pension election or timing of some benefits, maybe with a defined benefit and and doing some analysis because we have a lot of people that like to do things on their own now. But then we also have the larger group of clients with us who've been with us many years know that we're looking to, for the most part, of building these long-term relationships with people because planning isn't something you do once and you set down, but it, it's looking at it periodically and making adjustments to say, are you on track? Are there opportunities? Can I spend more? Should I be spending less? Right. That's really uh, probably a better definition of financial planning. You know, it, it, the financial planning isn't about printing out today your model, you know, that's projecting out over the next 20, 25, do I hear, 30 years. And then just putting that into a sock drawer for the 30 years. That's really not right. Because quite frankly, <laughs> you know, we always say all models are wrong, right, Carrie? Now, some are useful. And, mm-hmm. and that's really the, it's the idea of the discipline of learning the planning process. It's the idea of saying, yeah, these are my best assumptions that I can make today about when I'm going to retire or if you're already retired, how much I can spend in retirement, you know, breaking down mandatory living expenses, discretionary spending, higher inflationary expenses such as health care, you know, dealing with the ugly issues that can disrupt a plan, you know, long-term care or something like that. But the idea is that the you you learn how the planning process, in other words, you have, yes, you have your latest plan printed out, but you know as reality replaces an assumption that you made, you now know a known fact and you know, now know how to adjust your plan accordingly. So you can make the change on the fly because the rest of your plan or formal financial plan is up and running. You can just go in and tweak for the one now uh, reality that says, okay, this assumption I made, now I have a reality base, so I need to change that assumption and go for it. That's really the planning process. It's learning to say that, yeah, whatever I print out today, that's great, but it's really understanding as life goes on and reality replaces assumption, and sometimes we get a curveball from life, right? Mm-hmm. And the idea is how now do I adjust my plan so I know I'm still okay? Right. And at the same time, for our clients that are on our maintenance process, it's the cash flow, understanding what you need in the next year or two and how do you create that as tax efficiently as possible. These new tax laws are beneficial to a lot of people, but they're not forever. So there's a window. And especially if you're in that window of someone who's in a zero tax bracket or those low tax brackets, and should you be taking more from your IRA? We do a whole class where we won't do another one until fall on the IRA or tax qualified distribution planning, which is a huge opportunity that we get excited about, especially for people who are in a zero tax bracket. Um, So it's looking for opportunities, helping people avoid potential problems, traps, and also just getting clarity on knowing what's realistic as far as actions you can take in spending, whether it's spending means travel, home improvements, new hobbies, helping out family, whatever that spending means to you. Sometimes it's charitable, but giving you clarity saying this is what I can and can't do. 
or what makes sense in the long term. And we, again, we offer the free no obligation consultation. So if you want to come in, we're booking um, through the end of summer. And also wanted to mention we have our last um, planning class scheduled until fall. It is on retirement planning issues for retirees and these people that are uh, approaching retirement and issues that impact your lifestyle and long-term financial stability. There's a free workbook that includes the new tax tables. We're going to talk about retirement rules that you often hear about and often read about that are misunderstood and misused and you probably shouldn't follow or that um, a lot of people have a misunderstanding like the 4% rule or the you're only going to spend 80%. Um, I met with um, a couple this week and they they said they laughed at that rule we were talking in the free consultation actually and they said, no, I plan to spend more. Yeah. At least in the next 10 years from my retirement, they want to retire at 64. And they're like, no, we have a window that we really want to spend. Well, yeah. And, and Carrie, sometimes, <laughs> you know, that's fine if if, you, you, if that's your conservative nature to say, OK, why I why you may be thinking 80 percent, because maybe you're saying that um, like when you're no longer working, some expenses do go away. Especially, for example, if you you have an expensive commute to work, right? right? Or if you're going out for $25 lunches every day, right? Um, But other other expenses like payroll taxes, right? You know, they go away. And payroll taxes could be, you know, when you, you know, but not all your taxes go away just because you retire. Yeah, your Social Security tax on wages and Medicare, Mm -hmm. but, you know, you still have your income taxes still in retirement. Now, you may be less income taxes because your wage base is lower. So, so yeah. And then some people uh, relate the fact that when they're in retirement, their mortgage is going to be paid off. So that's a big monthly expense maybe right now that they're not going to have. But but you have to also look at what expenses automatic or you know that go up mm-hmm. like you're saying discretionary spending you have more time for hobbies travel your golden mm-hmm. travel years um healthcare is a big one that could be going up right. if you're covered by a, a, a subsidized employer plan and now you're going on your own whether you're if you're retired pre medicare and you're you're going on to get your own coverage or on one medicare and you're picking a medicare supplemental one that's not free you know yeah the, you know the, and then you add 5% inflation on that, yeah, it can add up. So yeah, so the 80% rule is one that, you know, we say it may or may not be right for you. In other words, that one you may want to consider breaking, as opposed to guessing that you only want to be spending 80%. When we work with our clients, we actually calculate how much they want to be spending. Right. And that's different for everyone. So that class is, again, June 14th, at 6 p.m. in Independence. It's free to attend. We do ask that you pre-register. Theater seating, um, so there's limited seating. Um, there is a free handouts. We like to know ahead of time. You can register online at financialfoodforthought.com. That's financialfoodforthought.com. You're welcome to bring guests or tell other people about it. Um, and you can also call the office at 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090. Or visit the website at financialfoodforthought.com. Again, Sign up for the class. The classes are on planning strategies and concepts. Um, There's no product sales. We're not investment advisors. Um, And uh, it's just planning strategies and helpful information or 
if you can't make the class, come in for the free consultation. The free consultation is about your numbers, your situation. Again, there's no pressure. We want clients who want to work with us. And because, I mean, there's we don't do the high pressure situation. We just present what is, how we think we can help you, and then make recommendations. Um, and then you choose whether or not you want to work with us. And, and Mark, we've really been lucky. We have a great group of clients over the years. And we've gotten to know their kids, their grandkids, their family dynamics. Absolutely. All right. Okay, thanks for listening to Mark Donnelly and Kara Waddell, and we're the co-owners of the estate planning team, and the estate planning team has been helping Cleveland families build custom financial plans for over 33 years. And we like to say we do it one plan, one family at a time, right? Um, so let's see, Carrie, uh, what are you going to talk Well, you know, it's still home selling season, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to talk a little bit about that today and, and the idea that, you know, there's some you know headlines out there that if you if you're looking you know we say it's a seller's market right now mm-hmm. right but that may be ending so we're starting to see some articles out there that's saying that if you're looking to sell a home you might want to get that done before the magic year carry 2020 right Why is that? And so, well we'll get into that right okay. um, it's also grad season right mm-hmm. um and, uh, you know, if you're looking for some advice to give, uh, you're going to any uh, grad- college ga- graduation parties or, you know, I have any sons or daughters or nieces or nephews that are graduating from college and you're looking to give some sound financial advice, uh, maybe we'll talk a little bit about that. So I'm talking today a little about what they call the underemployment trap. Gary, okay. have, you, have you heard that term before? Well, I've heard the underemployment for people who... When we unemployment went high, and then people trying, especially older workers, right? Well, this is right, and and but this is a different problem. This is yeah, this is where people um, got laid off or because of downsizing, and then trying to find a job after you've been somewhere for twenty five years, trying or twenty twenty five years, and trying to find something comparable. Right. So now they're taking that concept, the idea that you will have a job that you're overqualified for, right? In other words. Mm Whether that you you know it's only part time, for example, or it may be full time, but not in your field, not what you know what you were trained to do um, at a lower uh, salary, by the way, right? Um, so, but this is now spinning that towards recent college graduates, right? And they say this blunder can cost you ten thousand dollars a year for life. All right, Ouch. Um, all right, um, and let's see. So uh, I also. Uh, have a rock and roll birthday boomer for me. Okay. So, um, you know, you got the one last week. Yes, right? I, that was an easy See one. See if you can go for two for two here. Okay. Yeah, okay. Um, I'm going to give you my uh, world famous clues. Right? Mm-hmm, um, that don't help. Okay. Uh, he, he's British. Okay. Okay. That's always the one I. Yeah. That never helps me. That never helps? No. Okay. Um, he was born on June 2nd, 1960. Okay. So, um, but he, he, you know, I think you'll get the cut. I think you, I'm sure you've heard the, the, the cut song? I'm going to play, right? Because it's okay. an 80s song. An 80s okay, hit. 80s, I'll, I usually get those songs. Okay. Um, the singer is known for his powerful blue-eyed soul voice. Hmm. And, you know, the BBC calls him one of the top corners, right? Um, and, you know, although he's... Uh, he can sing. We know that. I don't know if he can perform the dance that's described by the name of his band. Hmm. Okay. Okay. And he's had not only a successful group uh, career, but also as a solo artist. You know okay. who it is? No? No. Nope. Okay. We'll get back to that. All right. Um, 
so home selling season, right? Um, and, you know, one of the things is you know, if you're building a financial plan at home and, you know, that's one of the questions that we learned a long time ago that most people don't really consider when they're building a financial plan is that is this their last home? Now, if if they were planning on, you know, if they were actively, you know, shopping for a new home. Right. OK, then it's on their mind. And then there's usually discussion about it. But, you know, when we give out our goals and objectives questionnaire, that's one of the questions. You know, what's mm-hmm. what you're current thinking about your current home? Are you look, you know, and and when when the new client leaves that blank, you know, we always go in and say and, and it's like, well, I'm not looking for to buy a home right now. And so, well, that's not really the question. Mm-hmm. The question is, is this your last home? And they're like, well, no, I don't think it's going to be my last home and say, OK, well, now maybe let's discuss that. Right. All right. Um. And the idea is that you want to be ready. <laughs> you want your financial model to have a new home scenario if it's in, you know, now if it's more than five to 10 years out, it may just be a preliminary, you know, because, right. but if it's in with, if it's, yeah, it may not be this year, but if it's in the next five years, I think you better put some time and effort to building that into your model. And we have some people that are kind of looking, saying if the right thing came along, you know, they're maybe looking in certain developments. We've had clients or certain areas or certain retire or maintenance free living. Uh, we had a client that had been watching for 10 years and there was a certain type of model in this um, 55 plus community they were waiting for. And even though they'd been in their house 45 years, when it came available, they knew they had to move quickly because right. they and, sell quick. And There's that's a demand. And that's why having it built in your model when it's not an emergency is a great thing mm-hmm. because you've already modeled it. You already know that your plan will work if you execute it. Mm-hmm. That gives you the peace of mind or the powerful, you know, that's the power of planning to say if that does come up, you can move. Right. You can don't have you to go be- back and build a financial plan to see if you can afford to. Right. And because maybe you're not ready to sell your house, but you know there's certain areas you can model having two expenses for a short amount of time. Exactly. And, and you know, that 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 proved out to be very beneficial in the 2008 when the uh, real estate market collapsed, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we, you know, we were at, I remember at one point, Carrie, we were in the, in, in the middle of that, you know, when it, at the bo- you know, barrel bottom, we were saying, yeah, you, we might have to book three years of two home expenses before you sell your home. Oh. And clients were like, what? Until they realized that or you have to drop how it so bad long. that real estate market was. Um, and, so, you know, so now we have this article um, that Zillow put out saying that, you know, thinking of selling your home, well, you better do it before 2020, the economists say. So Zillow, Zillow surveyed 100 of, the, of uh, real estate slash economic experts, and over half of them predicted that the next recession will begin sometime in 2020. Okay. Okay. Now, and actually the first quarter of 2020. All right, that's coming quick. You said more than half, so I could say almost half are predicting <laughs> not having a recession in 2020. All right, I'll play I'll you, you play devil's advocate I'll be here, positive. Okay? All right, I, I'm building plan R, you know. Um, now, um, and it's also, now they, now I'll just, I'll give you this, Carrie, that it is extended because prior, the last time they did the survey, the date was late in the 2019. So okay. they did push it back a quarter. Okay. Um, and, but 
the the point is whether it comes in the fourth quarter of 2019 or the first quarter of 2020 or if you think it's going to be later than that it is coming we will have another recession does everybody agree to that Carrie, I think not? there may be a correct I, I don't know. You don't think we'll it, it ever depends. have a recession again I in think, US history. I, well, absolutely at some point. Yes. But I just think though historically things are so different now. I, I don't Well, know. this will be one of the longest uh right. you know, recession, you know, periods right. ever. So we're already going on historical uh length between recessions. I I'm here to say is at some point we will have another mm-hmm. US recession. I will okay. go out on a limb and say that. Okay. All right. Um now, um, the point is, you know, when you build your plan, what's your peace of mind? Do you want to build it in it relatively in the short end of the calendar or the longer end of the calendar? In either case, if you build it in and it doesn't happen in the first quarter of 2020, okay, you just extend it. Just like the, the kind of say, we'll extend it. We'll, you know, last time we did the survey, we thought it was in the fourth quarter of 2019. Now we're thinking the first quarter of 2020. Well, that's kind of how like we build our financial plans. If we build it in and the, and the bad thing didn't happen this year, we may just say, let's just push it out a year. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, the, the, the fact of the matter is that you always have that detrimental effect in building your model. Mm-hmm. And saying, can my, am I still going to be okay when, if, the, if I can I get through this next recession? Right um, now, the article also quotes another Wall Street Journal article earlier in the month that, you know, they, you know, surveyed their, you know, economic private sector economists and 59 percent, again, over 50, 59 percent um, survey forecasts a 2020 recession. OK, um, now it's interesting 2020 because isn't that also a, a, a POTUS year, Gary? I don't know. Oh yeah. Yeah, it'll be a very interesting November election if we're Ooh. if if that US recession hurt it's in the first quarter of 2020 or if it doesn't hit in the first, you know, by then, right? Um if the economy's still, you know, steamrolling. All right. Um so, you know, now the experts, although they're saying, you know, saying that they think this recession is in 2020, um they are not saying it's not going to be caused or led by a housing decline like the 2008 recession was. Okay, what's it going to be caused by? Well, just, you know, basic economic, global economic right. you know, terms. Say- but what they're saying is it it, it, it just, it's going to hurt the real estate market. You know, okay. and they know that, you know, that anytime, you know, an economic downturn, it still has an impact on real estate. So, you know, does that, you know, does you, do you look at that and say, well, maybe am I thinking of selling in the next couple of years? Maybe you're saying maybe I ought to, you know, move that up or maybe I'm deciding I'm going to be there for, you know, beyond that, you know, recession. Now, um, LeBron James, he must have read that article. Gary. Did you see he, you know, he sold his he finally sold his Miami mansion. Oh, OK. Um, no, I did not. Have you, you haven't seen pictures of that? No. Uh, the Coconut Grove mansion. Beautiful white. Oh, man. Thirteen point four million. Um, it sold for. Wow. Yeah, but that was a big decrease. You know, he had been asking $17 million. See, he wanted that thing sold before the next recession. I think it's been on the market for over a year. So he's lowered the price a couple of times. Um, 12,000 uh, square feet. Okay. Six bedrooms, eight baths, three garages to house all your okay. cars. It's got wine cellars, infinity pools, movie yeah, theaters. Yeah, I would think it would be hard to find a buyer for that. Um, beautiful place. <laughs> they say, you know, it's, a, it's a, you see that stark white, you know, 
against the blue skies and the blue. I don't think I've ever the blue seen ocean. an ugly home that's twelve thousand yeah. square feet. Right. <laughs> well, they <laughs> say it looks. Even, they say it looks even better at night you know, oh, with okay. the lights on. Um, but anyway, so LeBron, he. I'm glad he. I'm glad he. You know, sold. Um, you know, sold before the next recession. And don't feel too badly that he had to lower his price from you know seventeen million. Oh, I don't. 13. He still made four million dollars uh, overall in the deal. Not bad if you can, you know. Yeah. Pick up that on the selling of your house, and now he's back in. Uh, he's back up here in Ohio, right? Mm-hmm. In that building, I think. You know. All right. Um, all right. So selling a home, it's one that you know. Y- y- you know, if you think it's in the next five years, I would recommend you definitely build a new home scenario in your model. If you think it's you know six to ten years out, uh, it's iffy. You know, whether because it may you may your mind may change a million times between, you know, if you're talking something six years out. But we have clients who do want to add that, you know, and and even Mm -hmm. if it's, you know, see, this is your plan. It's not your, you know, it's not your parents plan. Or do you want to buy or maybe you want to plan for buying a home if it's a second home in the real estate downturn? Right. Maybe you want to take advantage of that opportunity. We've had people that with the real estate market went down to Florida found amazing deals on homes that were foreclosed and they ended up buying a home during that time because they were in a position to do that. A home they probably never thought they were going to spend money on. I I can think of a client that ended up doing that and then renovating using the cost difference because he got such a good deal and and did renovations and and bought some uh, a boat with the extra money. It's being ready to act. Mm -hmm. And that's what the financial planning is all about. Right. And I want to remind people, the estate planning team offers a free, no obligation consultation for people who want to come in, look at the issues. Um, We have evening availability or early morning for people who are working um, for that free consultation. And we actually have you fill out information ahead of time so that we're sitting with you and we have an understanding of um, your your assets, your concerns or uh, questions and where you're headed. And that's whether you're working and you're trying to figure out what's a realistic retirement date based on your spending. Or if you are already in retirement, how do you create that cash flow? What other spending you can do? What financial disruptors? Are you worried about income replacement, long-term care, um, a market? Or do you do you know that, hey, maybe I want to go buy that second home or maybe I want to gift my kids and help them out or help my grandkids college education, yeah. but I don't know if I can afford to right. do that how long if can mine. I keep, yeah. How long can I keep a two-home scenario going? Right. Can I keep it going for a year, two years, five years? Or some people have been gifting their kids for a long time, and they're saying, I don't know financially um, if I can continue to do that. Or what if I have a long-term care stay? We've had people that you know do that annual, which is up to 14000 annual gift allowance. 15000 15 now, sorry. I keep forgetting because it was fourteen for a while. Yeah, I hope your dad didn't forget that. Yeah, yeah. no. <laughs> um, but... Um, and can you afford to do that if if you get hit with a long-term care stay? Are you thinking about that? I know you're gifting that money away, but you may need it for long-term care. And don't think even if you, I'm never going to go into a nursing home, even if you need it for home health care. Home health care is very expensive too. I mean, right. it's not it's not a small cost if you haven't looked at it before, We're gonna talk, even part-time. Yeah. Um, so come in for the free consultation or come out to the retirement planning class on June 14th at 6 o'clock, right in Independence at 77 in Rockside for retirees and people nearing retirement. Details are on the website at Financial 
foodforthought.com. Also, you can sign up for the newsletter. The newsletter will keep you posted on financial news, classes, and anything else that's going on. Sometimes we have video alerts. That's financialfoodforthought.com. If you sign up online, you'll get a confirmation or call the office and leave a message at 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090 or visit financialfoodforthought.com. All right. Um, so grad season, right, Gary? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have any college graduates this spring. Mm-hmm. Uh, expect to have some. Keep my fingers crossed for next, next year. Spring. Okay. Um, yours aren't quite Not, ready no. yet. But no, it's getting close. A, right, and I have a couple more years for high school. Okay. Thankfully. Uh, but your first one's getting close. Like, right, yeah. yeah. Time, college years go quickly, It don't goes, they? yeah, I thought high school years flew, honestly, but college is yeah, really taken away. Um. So if you're looking to give some sound financial advice to your grad, all right, um, tell them about the career blunder that can cost them 10000 a year for life. Okay. All right. Now, what's the basis of it? Well, first of all, you have to, you know, is it, your, you know, you have to kind of ask, is it your contention that you need mm-hmm. a college degree to become or at least have a better chance of becoming financially independent in this country? I don't, I think I've read some things that that is not the case, that actually there was an article this week saying that that's kind of a a fallacy, that actually there's more need for technical um, jobs. Right. I guess that's still education, the technical, the hands-on job, the apprentice jobs can make a great living and aren't necessarily the traditional college. Also, I don't know if you saw Mark. Truck drivers are getting a huge raise because there's such a demand, right? For need for no truck drivers, right. right? And they're they've they've raised the pay. And pay Amazon weight. took all the truck drivers who want to just deliver your packages right. locally and not go on the road for a week. So at a time. I, I don't know. I think it depends. Well, I would still for every argument that says you don't need a college degree, I would come up with lots of statistics that says on average, uh, someone with right. a college degree right. in this country right. earns a lot more over their lifetime than someone with a high school degree. Oh, right, but I would argue that I think the college degree has gotten ridiculous right. with the electives, and I think it's just a money maker. And okay, now, <laughs> um, but so, but then the next level is all right. So there are a lot of people. Who and now I, I would agree if you graduate from college with a degree that's employable, it's a much better statistic as well. Right. You because know, because there's a lot of degrees that I know people out there that even if they get a master's in a in in that field, they're not getting a job. They're working right. no different than a high school student is working in retail. Right, and there's the same there's same food. statistics that people with a master's degree, on average, will make more than somebody mm-hmm. with a bachelor's degree but over I their think lifetime. It, right, but I think it depends on the field. Right, but there's also the idea that a lot of recent graduates want you know, and I've even heard some you know they want to take a year off. What? what I think you, that's ridiculous. Well, okay. Well, then, you know, and, and unless you can afford to do that, because really, with the student loans and how are you going to pay for your living expenses? As a parent of a college student, right. I can promise you, if any of my three kids came to me and say they wanted to take a year off, I'd laugh. How are you going to fund it? Right. Well, maybe they get a, a, a minimum wage job for the year. They take, they need some time, Carrie. Yeah. Well, guess what? You had time in college, so <laughs> wait till <laughs> you get out. The party's over. Right. Absolutely. It was a four-year party. You're done. Right. Maybe five. Right. Year. 
I agree. Um, all right, but now there are some statistics that's saying that. So this group did a study. Okay, Strata Institute for the Future of Work um, and Burning Glass Technology. Anyway, they, I know they, 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 they parsed through four million resumes. Okay, and to understand the career trajectories of college graduates. And they came up with this term that they call underemployment trap. Okay. All right. And it's the idea of those that in retro, you know, looking back, you know, um, let's see, um, that, that underemployment, you know, that they, t- they didn't immediately start their career, right? The unemployment, that, that middling state of workforce participation that lands, grads, and jobs they're overqualified for snares about 43% of first-time job seekers. That's huge. Okay. It gets worse, they say. Two-thirds of those job seekers are still un- underemployed five years later. Ooh. And 74% of those underemployed are at, at the five-year mark are still underemployed 10 years after graduating. Ooh. It's, a, spi- it's a death spiral. Okay. Um, oh, the fire movement doesn't take that into account, does it? <laughs> no. The, well, <laughs> well, I don't know. Yeah. The underemployment graduate earns about $10,000 less per year than those in jobs that match their credentials, according to the study. Over time, that gap can widen even further. Okay. Um, you know, while you're, you know, being the barista or whatever, um, you, you know, you're not getting any raises, promotions, you're not getting any networking. Okay, they say for women, Carrie, it's even worse. Okay, women who already make an average twenty percent less than their male colleagues, right? We, you know, the threat of underemployment looms even larger. Nearly half of all female college grads are underemployed in their first jobs, compared to thirty-seven percent of male graduates. Okay, um, but I'd like to know if they compare major to major, because when you're talking about grads, and I would say even at the advice, and even at the high school level. You may want to follow your dreams, which I think is a great thing, maybe double major, but you better pick a major that's employable. Right. Because how many people pick majors that, one, the job market's not good, or you're going to make not much difference than the underemployed? Well, I mean, you have to have a reality check. Funny you should bring that up, Carrie, because okay. they address that. Okay. So then they looked at just the STEM graduates. Okay, because that's a good field. Science, technology, engineering, and math majors. Okay. They yes, they are less likely to be underemployed than the larger pool of graduates. Only thirty percent of engineering computer science graduates are underemployed. Okay. Um so Do that's, they break that down between men and women? No. Because I I'm just saying, yeah, I, I But the one thing that the, the one comment or that, that they did make about the women is that it, it they say it kind of um strikes down the notion of the of the working mother. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, you know, a lot of people think it's the working mom. That's why right. they but I, don't. But I'd like to know if it was majors, if you said more men typically, because there's a lot of scholarships and incentives for women to go into the STEM programs now. Right. Uh, I know for my daughter is just looking. There's a huge opportunity versus if you have unemployable majors, I'd I, you know, if they could do a study, I should, right. I should send them an email, Mark. <laughs> so them break it down by major. I wonder if. The, Carrie, do your own 4 million study yeah, resumes, right? right? You know, and then, and then, and then uh, publish your work. Yeah. But, you know, now, so the article just says, you know, that's, that may not be a good idea to take the year off and, and find yourself. Oh, see exactly what I, yeah. Um, I didn't need an article to tell my kids. You can find yourself. Is this a Captain Obvious? Yeah. 
Um, I think so. Well, even when you, we visited college, they had that find yourself speech at all of them. At college, you're here. And I'm like, no, you can work your whole life finding or you're always finding yourself and who you are at 20 versus 30 versus 40. You're changing all the time. You know, your college, your point of college is to get an employable degree major that you can go out and be independent, right. responsible, productive human being. And enter now, the fire movement. Well, yeah, I didn't. We'll talk about right. that. All right. Um, the key, the article sum up is saying that, you know, you have to be deliberate. If Even if you can't find the first job, because then again, you don't have no experience, right? right? It's always, well, you don't have enough experience. Right. Um, try to prevent yourself from taking the underemployment job, you know, mm-hmm. the, the minimum wage job. Right. Try to just get some entry level job in the office or the whatever you know career that you're trying to get. Yeah, you know, um, and it, it started a company that has your career. Okay. Okay. Um, even if you have to take a entry level position, not so you're saying like, prove yourself and sh- that show start them start making the connections, right. getting the you know, um, you know, and makes you know, sense yeah and and start networking and and that's a better way than just you know going to flip burgers for a year and and right. but at the same time Europe. what if those opportunities aren't there you have to do what you need to do to pay the bills um but that that's an interesting article though yeah and and i guess when you talked about the fire movement it's the reality check as far as sometimes people need need to do what you you know we had people had to work second job, but we've had people who have come in for and worked with us as far as clients, and they decide they came in after the fact and retired early in their fifties. Right. And then when you kind of back in and do the numbers, the recommendation was cut discretionary spending way back or go back to work. And both husband and wife decided to go back to work and do something different to make their plan work. I guess they they didn't realize it, um, and. The estate planning team, we do these long-term conservative realistic projections so that you understand how decisions you make today affect your long-term financial picture, spending picture, tax picture. And, and looking at all these things allow you to see things um, from a big picture, but also a very detailed perspective. And we offer the free no-obligation consultation to anyone who wants to come in and look at these issues. And you can also come out to our June 14th free retirement planning class. It's our last one that we have until fall. So make sure you sign up. Um, it's right at 77 in Rockside and free to attend. There's a great handout. There's going to be great topics. We try to get people talking uh, at the class. It's not a PowerPoint presentation. Again, details are at financialfoodforthought.com or call the office at 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090. Or visit financialfoodforthought.com. All right. Yeah, and if you haven't been to one of our classes, um, you know, we are a little bit different. As you said, Carrie, it's not a, you know, we you don't come in, we turn off the lights and turn on a PowerPoint. Mm-hmm. Um, and we don't sell investments. You know, it's mm-hmm. not, you know, it's not that. It's really, and we try to keep the classes to a smaller size mm-hmm. so everyone feels they have an opportunity to ask a question. And, you know, and, and we take questions, you know, as we go. And, and everyone says, well, how long, you know, so we, we, we advertise a class to be about, what, two and a half hours, right, mm-hmm. Gary? But now, sometimes we don't get through the booklet that's obviously yours to take home. And this year, you know, we, we'll fold in the new tax law. So mm-hmm. it's always we're spending a little more time this year because there's always been some questions about the new tax law. Right. 
So if if we're not all done, you know, I mean, you're more than welcome to get up and leave at any time during the class. You know, mm-hmm. we know people are busy and and maybe you've you know what you came to hear or you came to get the booklet and, you, and you've already got it, that's fine. Um, but also sometimes at the at the two two and a half hour mark, we there's still a, a topic that we that people want to hear that we haven't gotten to. So we'll go a little bit longer, right? Um, and you're if you want to stay for that last topic, you know. So it's really kind of open, you know. Mm-hmm. And and you know, but we you know if, if you do, if you can be an hour and have to go, that's fine. If you can be two hours, that's fine. If you can go beyond that, that's great. Um, so it's it's really it's very informal and it's just an open discussion and and you know typically that's why people come back to our classes because they say Mark it's kind of different every time I go back mm-hmm. even though it's the same subject matter right um, all right so what are some of the things we talk about at this class um, well we could just take it right out of the headlines Carrie right okay um, you know. Here's a recent article. The world isn't prepared for retirement. Mm-hmm. Well, that's an eye opener, isn't it? And I think um, every day there's statistics on how many retirees haven't saved or how many people approaching retirement or baby boomers have not saved or only saved or 21 percent don't have. I think I saw this week no money in a retirement savings or I mean, there's statistics right. every day. Right. Here's another article. How much can you spend in retirement? Well, it depends. That's a funny question because yeah. I have somebody who could spend a lot of money in retirement. Right. Maybe the question would be how much could you, or how much should you spend in retirement? Right. Um, because just saying how much can you spend, I think the sky's the limit. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there's any cap on spending that people can dream up of, right? Mm-hmm. Especially when you talk to hobbies. That's always, you know, when people say, well, uh, how much should I budget for a hobby? It's like, well, it doesn't matter what hobby it is. There's no limit on how much you could spend at it. Um, so, but that's the, that's the idea of the safe withdrawal rate, right? That's the 4% mm-hmm. rule. So we will, you know, spend a lot of time, you know, going over the 4% rule at this retirement class. And the idea is what is a safe withdrawal? And, you know, and, and that's, and that's sometimes you'll hear a professional when you hear someone saying they've got the 10 minute retirement plan, that's basically, that's what they're doing. Okay. They're using a version of the 4% rule that says, okay, this is how you build a 10-minute estate plan or a retirement plan, whatever you want to call it, financial plan. The names are interchangeable. The idea is saying, how much is your nest egg when you retire? How much is your pension if you're lucky enough to have one? How much is your Social Security? And that's your fixed retirement income plus your nest egg. And then using the math, you just figure out how much you could withdraw if you're saying that you just have to assume what rate of return that you want on your investments. Mm-hmm. The 4% rule uses a 5% rate of return. Okay. How long are you planning your retirement? The 4% rule uses 30 years. Okay. And the idea that you just don't take out 4% every year, that's where a lot of people misunderstand the rule. It's just that in the first year, you take out 4% of your nest egg. Mm-hmm. And then every year after that, you inflate that by a, a cost of living increase. So you can keep that lifestyle going. And you use about 3.5%. So in the second year, you're taking out 3.5% more than the first year. In the third year, you're taking out 3.5% more than the second year. But it's so over. I guess it's a good place to start to have an idea. Right. But how does it? 
it doesn't incorporate how different assets are taxed differently and what we call the tax wrappers well, yeah. and the tax efficiency of creating cash flow. And maybe I want to delay Social Security to get a higher benefit to withdraw money from my tax qualifies at a more lower effective tax rate. Right. And and as a matter of fact, this article kind of um, kind of brings up that point. And and I don't I don't agree with it. You know they they you know they they say you know the the four percent rule. You mentioned the fire movement, and right. you know I've been talking about Mister Money Mustache, right? Um, and they're big believers in the four percent rule. But you have to adjust the four percent rule for your own circumstances. For example, if your retirement period is longer or shorter than thirty years, you need to adjust it. Right. Or if your assets aren't getting close to even 5%, what if you're all in CDs and cash, which we have a group of people that after they've lost so much and took the hit, they rather have safety of money than higher growth. They just can't take on the risk because they can't sleep at night. So 5% growth isn't going to make sense. It's not going to be even close to realistic for what their assets are getting. So uh, the safe rule is that you never, you know, you do the 4% rule or some people say you just follow the required minimum distribution rule, meaning because that's kind of like an actuarially that takes money out over your lifetime. Right. But it's, 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 it's in that first year, it's 70 and a half. It's only about 3.6%. It's not even near 4% yet, right? Close, but not quite 4 And then it increases as you get older because your life's going to that. So some people say just model that. And a lot of people say, yeah, wait and start Social Security at age 70. And, and but But the point is this article talks about you know, to be safe, you know, don't, you know, just follow the required minimum, meaning don't take out of your IRA before 70 and a half and wait and get the higher benefits of Social Security at 70. Well, if you're not taking any money out of Social Security or your IRA until you're 70, what are you living on? Right. You better have a big non-qualified pool mm-hmm. of assets and, and that may uh, be difficult. Um, so, you know, that's an example. Here's another article um, that's right out, you know, the number one retirement expense we're still not preparing for. Healthcare? Well, even more specific than that. Not exactly healthcare, but long term care. I was going to say, healthcare, though, is a sure thing you're going to need. Right. So maybe most people are assuming that they have to, ha- they know they got to cover health insurance premiums. Right. But do you realize how much? I think seeing that long term. Right. Come to the class and you'll see how much. But also, um, but the one that they're not preparing for, long-term care. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, and a new study by Society of Actuaries show that Americans are still, they're not preparing as they should be. In a recent study of retirees 85 and older, most respondents who had not yet needed long-term care expect that they do. They will get it with the help of paid home aids and family support. Well, paid home aids aren't cheap. Do you understand the cost of that? Do you understand that there might be a shortage of paid home aids? Right. Now, the study goes on and says, um, you know, most people don't think it's going to happen to them, right? But in reality, 70% of seniors 65 and over end up needing some type of long-term care in their lifetime. Among those, 69% end up requiring the care for a three-year period or longer. Okay, a lot of people think, and a lot of people are in the misconception that Medicare is going to cover that. Not really. Um, the average Medicare covered stay in a nursing home is a mere 22 days. Um, that's basically the article says meaningless. Okay, what does it cost? Um, the average, you know, uh, assisted living facility about forty five thousand dollars a year. 
you know, if you're if you're if you're stepping up to a you know convalescent care, long term care, you know, that's about you know that's getting to be eighty six thousand or higher. You want your own room? Now you're talking close to a hundred thousand a private room. Mm-hmm. Those are startling numbers, and if you want to, if you're not going in today, you got to add five percent inflation on that to see what that cost will be in twenty years. Now you kind of see the problem. All right, we've got our rock and roll birthday. Boy. Oh, I know this. What a Remember this my, is true, right? Very good, Carrie. I knew and it's you. called band, or I, it's like it's band. I want to say something else, but I don't want to. Remember my, about the dance? I know it's band, dan- uh, and I the, can't think the, of. The dance that he might not be able to do? But I can't think of what it. Because what I'm saying in my head is not making sense, so I'm not going to say it over here. <laughs> uh, I know it's ballet. Span- oh, ballet. I don't know why. See, I'm glad I didn't say I was thinking Spanda Soleil, but that's a, <laughs> the sunscreen. It's time for that season. Really. Yeah. All right. Do you know the name of the. No, British I don't know, singer. but I know the song and the and I know the band. I don't know his name. His name is I can I remember the MTV video. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> his name is Tony Hadley. Oh, I'd have never got that. No, and uh, fifty-eight. I didn't even know they were British. See, yeah. um, why is it everybody sounds American when they sing? Nobody has the <laughs> they lose the accent when they sing, and that's across. I know it doesn't even, even work country music. Some of the Australian t- that they now, of course, Carrie and I sing. I sound exactly with the British accent. It's wonderful. Um, but all right now, but I'm going to dedicate this song. Now. Okay, because you might hear the song at one of the weddings you may be attending this summer, right? Okay, it's kind of a wedding song, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So I'm going to dedicate to number three son, Carrie. Okay, yeah, you know, who's getting married this weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, so congratulations to Michael and Devin. That's exciting. Um, it's your first one getting married. Second mm-hmm. one getting married. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, it's now they're young. Okay, mm-hmm. they're both recently grad. I mean, within two years of graduation, right. they graduated same year from Miami University. Mm-hmm. And the idea is about how are they doing? So do you think Dad's giving them any financial advice? Oh, I'm sure. I would hope. Yeah, you know, you only can do so much, but right. they're doing all right. First of all, they, you know, if you're following the rules, okay, they got degrees that are employable. Yeah. So Michael, both in, Michael's an uh, engineer, and Devin's got a science and teaching background. Mm-hmm. So the first thing is you graduate with a degree that's employable. Right. And you go get a job. You don't take the year off. They neither one took the, the year off, right? You did good, um, yeah. All right. Um, and then you get married. Mm-hmm. Okay. And before having children. Right. So they've successfully done that. Mm-hmm. Um, now gets to the tough part. Trying to follow the 50-30-20 rule. Right. I think that can be tough. Yeah. It's, and- I think that's oversimplified. I think ideal, you know, it's an ideal. There's a lot of things that are ideal, but they're not real. Um, now, yeah, and and if you're not familiar with that and you're trying to give a young college graduate some advice, if you can get them to follow the 50-30-20 rule, that says that whatever salary they're making, that 50% of it's going to cover their, you know, mandatory living expenses, housing, food, Healthcare, mm-hmm. transportation, you know, 30% is the discretionary. Okay. That's for your travel, hobbies, and entertainment and your, you know, your lattes, right? Mm-hmm. And 20% goes into savings. Okay. All right. 
if you can start that when you're, you know, 23, 25 years old, mm-hmm. and if you can stay on that, right. there's only one thing that's going to happen to you. You're going to have a great retirement. Right. But right. I'm saying you, you start having kids, and depending on how many kids, that, that chips into the right. um, I'm, 50% hey, I'm not saying it's easy. <laughs> right. It may be easy if you're graduating with a great degree and right. you're single. Mm-hmm. You know, right. You know, my number one son's following that path, you know, because right. he's still single. Um, you know, he can do that. Um, right, but, but then you get married and you start having kids. Do you have one kid, two kids? I mean, it gets more than two, three, four. Right. Um, and, you know, and the baby boomers didn't follow that plan, by the way. Right. right. And that's why they're not going to have a great retirement, mm-hmm. or at least many of them won't. Um, now, is it too late for the baby boomer to start following the 50-30-20 rule? Probably. Yeah. Um, you know, um, but your generation, Carrie, X generation, right. still plenty of time. Right. And that's the idea. In other words, that's a rule, a model, 50, 30, 20. But it, how do you use the math? How do you customize it to your current circumstances? Okay. Because now you would have to modify that rule based on how old you are right now. When you plan on retiring, right, mm-hmm. and how much, you know, of a nest egg are you going to have to have knowing your number based on whether you're using the 4% rule or better yet, a modified 4% rule based on your, your time frames and your money. That's how you have to do it. You have to take these general financial ideas or rules, and if you it, and, and modify them to say, okay, wherever you are today, it's remember, it's not where your parents were when right. they retired. This is not based on your neighbor's plan. It's not based on your coworker's plan. You have to customize it to your own. All right. Come to in for a free consultation or sign up for the June 14th retirement planning class in Independence. Call 440-239-2090 or visit financialfoodforthought.com. That's 440-239-2090 or financialfoodforthought.com. Have a good weekend, everyone. Tune in next week for more Financial Food for Thought. For more information about the show, for estate planning or upcoming seminars, call the estate planning team at 440-239-2090. Thanks for listening. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.